2: Play.
3: This is the Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. We roll on here, the Look Ahead on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Always on Twitter at ScottsOnAir. S C O T T S O N A I R. College football season is getting more interesting each and every week with. The rankings changing, and it's going to be fun to see where we wind up in terms of the college football playoff. It's my favorite part of the college football season is debating who's going to get in to the college football playoff. I selfishly hope that Georgia is one of those teams and that Oklahoma is one of those teams, being that I got tickets on both of those teams. So I'm very hopeful that that Oklahoma will get their act together and get themselves a Big 12 title and an appearance in the college football playoff. Before we get to some line movements coming up here for Week 5 in the college football season, I want to talk about the teams that are 4-0 and 3-0 against the spread, and some of the teams that are 0-4 against the spread. Uh, Brad Powers uh, tweeting this out earlier on Monday. Here are the 4-0 teams against the spread in college football and their cover margin. Bowling Green covering by 17.5 points per game. Rutgers covering by 16.6. Arkansas by 13.3. And UTSA covering by 8.8 points. 3-0 teams against the spread. Western Kentucky covering by 23.5 points per game. And Ole Miss covering by 12.5 points. And as far as your 0-4 teams against the spread, Rice is covering, or failing to cover, negative 21.4 points. Ohio, negative 21. Ball State, negative 15.2. Georgia Southern, minus 13.4. And the Clemson Tigers, 0-4 against the spread, minus 13.2. And the first line that I circled on my board, Was Clemson as a 16-point favorite over Boston College? That line just doesn't make sense to me. Clemson this season has not scored enough offensively to be a 16-point favorite over anybody. They dropped to 25th now in the rankings after losing to NC State. Taking out that game against South Carolina State, this is the Clemson point totals against Power 5 opponents. They scored three points against Georgia. Okay, it's Georgia, best defense in the country, we get it. They scored 14 points against Georgia Tech. They scored 21 points against NC State. Now, I, I know Boston College is not an elite team this year. They're pretty good. And Jeff Hafley is a tremendous coach. They lost their quarterback, Phil Dracovic, to an injury. Dennis Grossell, the backup, who's been there for some time, he takes over, and they haven't really skipped a beat. They won in overtime last week against Missouri, 41-34. Prior to that, they beat Temple, 28-3. They beat UMass, 45-28. And in week one, they slaughtered Colgate 51-0. So let's look at these two teams again. Clemson, who has scored 21 points at the most in three games against Power 5 opponents, and Boston College, who has scored totals of 41 Twenty-eight. Forty-one points against the Power Five school, but 28 against Temple, 45 against UMass, 51 against Colgate. As a 16-point underdog, I mean, how many points do they think that Clemson's going to score in this game? And how many points do they think that Boston College is going to score in this game? Do they think BC's getting shut out? Because I don't see that happening. And if BC puts up 14 points in this game, I just don't I just don't see a sixteen point loss. I really don't I think that's just way too high. I'll tell you what I'm gonna I might even sprinkle a little bit on the money line because this could just be a season that is getting away from Clemson fast. And it's hard now for a team that had aspirations of making it to the college football playoff to now seriously start to question whether or not they will even play for their own conference championship. And right now, it doesn't look that way. Wake Forest is in first place in the conference. They're 4-0, 2-0 in the conference. Boston College is 4-0. They haven't played a conference game yet. But Louisville and NC State are all 1-0 in conference. Clemson is 1-1 in the conference. 2-2 to start the year. Not looking good for, Syric, for, uh, for, for for Clemson. So how do those players bounce back now? How do those players handle the remainder of this season? It's an unfamiliar territory for them to play for essentially nothing. Players that are used to playing for a national championship to now play for... Hoping for a New Year's Six Bowl game? If they could even get themselves back into that conversation? Probably not. They're just playing for any bowl game. Disappointing year for Clemson, and it could go from bad to worse, honestly, for that program. But let's take a look at the line movements now. This according to Circa Sports. Oregon State has moved from plus four to minus two and a half. Again, let's uh let let me just uh rehash that here. Oregon State, who uh let's see, they had the big win against USC, right? They are three and one to start the year. They opened up against Washington as a four-point underdog. They are now two and a half point favorites. They blew out USC on the road 45 27. They had a good win against Hawaii, a win against uh, a loss to Purdue to open the year, and then the cupcake game against Idaho. I don't really count those, but that is a big time line movement. We all know about the big time line movement with Ole Miss. Opened up as a 20 point dog, down to 15. It's less than that now. It is a touchdown game, a uh, two touchdown game between uh, Ole Miss and between Alabama. Let's see if that even uh, spread has updated as well, see if it's gotten less than 14, because I'm telling you right now, everyone is hammering Ole Miss. I talked about their record against the spread, and we know here at Circa, at least, that when the line came out at 20, there were more than 10 limit bets that were placed on Ole Miss to cover the spread. So that forced them to push the line down a ton when they pushed it down to 15 and then to 14. So let's see where we are at DraftKings, at least, to see if that line has changed. It is 14.5. Okay, 14.5. Other line movements, Coastal Carolina went from 30 to 34. So the Chanticleers, Coastal Carolina uh that you know heavy favorites always heavy favorites this year they're a team that is not a surprise anymore you know last year they were kind of like an unknown darling and this year they're just favorites and blowing out everybody they opened up as 30 point favorites over ul monroe now 34 and a half point favorites in that game michigan state was an eight point favorite they are now 11 and a half point favorites so sporty Getting a lot of love. Michigan State started the season outside the top 25. Big wins uh, against uh, Northwestern to start the year. Huge win against Miami on the road. And then they escape against Nebraska at home in overtime 23-20. Now they are a 10.5 point favorite at home against Western Kentucky. This is a Western Kentucky team that has covered every game that they have played so far this season, including last week a 33-31 loss to Indiana. As a nine and a half point underdog at home, they lose by just two to Indiana. So Sparty better be on alert here against a very good Western Kentucky team. UTSA is a team that has covered as well 18 points to 21 points. Air Force goes from seven to 10. Utah State from 10 to seven and a half. And Nebraska as a favorite from minus eight to minus 10 and a half. So Nebraska actually getting some love based off of their performance against Michigan State. People feeling better about this Nebraska team, who played very well defensively against uh, Michigan State, and now they host Northwestern, and as a 10.5-point favorite over Northwestern. Northwestern comes in 2-2 two and two with a big win over Ohio, 35-6, and uh, the only other win was against Indiana State. They lost to Michigan State, and then uh, they lost to Duke. So... Uh, They lost 38-21 to Michigan State. If you're looking for comparison between Northwestern and Nebraska. Northwestern lost at home 38-21 to Sparty. Nebraska goes on the road and takes Sparty to overtime, losing by just three points. So Nebraska, the line moving up heavily for them. It's uh, very interesting to see where we are here in the college football season. Alabama and Georgia are one and two, and I expect both of them to go into the SEC title game undefeated at numbers one and number two, meaning I would put both of them in the college football playoff. The winner is the one seed. The loser is the three seed. And then everyone else is just fighting for two spots. This is going to be really fun. As we wind down, let's take a look at some other college football spots coming up here for this weekend, uh, because it's not just the plus 16 on Boston college that I like. There is another dog on Friday night against a top five opponent. That is certainly going to be ready to pull off a straight up upset. We'll talk about that team coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Follow on Twitter at Scott's on So look ahead here on v Sit, the sports betting network. This is The Look Ahead on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. The Look Ahead here on v as we look ahead to some college football games for this weekend here in Week 5. And what a huge game on the schedule for Friday night. It is top five ranked Iowa, number five in the country, going on the road to Maryland. Crab Cakes and Football what they're known for and the maryland terrapins at home on friday night are a four point underdog to the number five team in the country and the splits on this game are just almost right down the middle you you think about the potential for an upset it's it's alive maryland has had a very good start to this season now, Iowa, of course, got off to a great start. They got a win against Indiana. They got the big win against the Iowa State, and then a, 37, a 30-7 win over Kent, and then beating Colorado State by 10 this past week. Uh, Indiana, meanwhile, they took care of West Virginia in a close game. They blew out Howard. Then they uh, handled I- Illinois in a close game on the road, and they beat Kent 37-16. to This offense for Mike Loxley at Maryland is on fire. They averaged 519 yards a game, led by Talia Tungavailoa to his little brother. 353 passing yards a game, 166 rushing yards a game. Defensively, though, they're allowing 324 yards a game. Iowa, never going to be known for their offense. They're not going to blow anybody out. They're not a big scoring offensive team. Uh yeah they you know they have good wins they they do win big against some teams like i mentioned the 34-6 you know win against indiana they had a couple of defensive uh things to help them out there but they average 293 yards per game 28.8 points per game indiana uh, maryland meanwhile averaging 37.3 points per game iowa only allowing 11 points per game though and maryland allowing 14.3 points game this game does have upset potential maryland has been playing that good to start the year and it fits into a system that i kind of made up for myself and it was i did this for thursday night games i guess friday night would kind of qualify for the same thing but i always said you take a home dog on a thursday night nationally televised game against a top five opponent and this would qualify because it's not Thursday night, but it's a Friday night. Home dog, nationally televised game, Friday night against a top five team. And that is what Maryland has ahead of them against Iowa. This is the type of game that has stormed the field written all over it, right? It would kind of bring Maryland back into, uh, you know, uh, into the spotlight here People would consider them as a team that is a force to be reckoned with. Now, where would they be in terms of the rankings? Let's see. They are 27th right now. You give them a win over Iowa, they're clearly in the top 25. How high? At 5-0 and with a win over Iowa, you'd probably move them to like 20, Right? I mean, they would be, you'd jump them up a bunch of spots. So, big win, uh, it it would be for them, and they would certainly rise up the rankings, and who knows, sky could be the limit for them in uh, this season. It's been a very good start for them so far. As far as the potential for the Big Ten, I mean, let's just look at the Big Ten for a second here. The Big Ten East, Michigan State, 4-0. 4 and 0. Maryland 4 and 0. Michigan 4 and 0. Penn State 4 and 0. Ohio State 3 and 1. Rutgers 3 and 1. Indiana 2 and 2. That might be the best division in college football right now. Is the Big 10 East. I mean, what other division could be better? You want to say maybe is the SEC West? No, probably won't maybe Alabama's 4 and 0, Arkansas's 4 and 0, Ole Miss is 3 and 0, LSU and Auburn are both 3 and 1, Texas A&M is 3 and 1, and Mississippi State is 2 and 2. So, you would have the argument there maybe the SEC West. SEC West and uh, Big 10 East would be your two just best divisions right now in college football through the first 4 weeks of the season. But well, let's take a look down at your top 25 schedule here for week five and the spreads that we have on these games. As I mentioned, it starts Friday night for a top 25 team. Number five, Iowa on the road against Maryland. Iowa, a four-point favorite on the road. Also on Friday night, number 13, BYU goes on the road to take on Utah State. BYU is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Huge game, uh, Arkansas and Georgia. Number eight, number two, Georgia is a massive 18-and-a-half-point favorite. That's a huge number against an Arkansas team that has done a tremendous job of covering the spread. I can see Arkansas getting a ton of money coming in before this game kicks off, but honestly, I think Georgia is the best team in the country. More so than Alabama. Because defensively, I think they're better than Alabama. And this could be a kind of... Win that or the type of game that knocks Arkansas back to reality and says, Yeah, you've had a nice season, but you ain't ready to compete with the big boys. Or this could be the game that just shakes up the entire landscape of the college football world. And you have to start taking Arkansas seriously as a title contender if they come out here and they win this game against Georgia. Between the hedges, though. I would have to uh, favor Georgia with the massive point spread line. Uh, number 14, Michigan goes on the road to Wisconsin where Michigan is laying one. This is the type of game I could see Wisconsin bouncing back and upsetting Michigan. It would be a very impressive win for them to uh, to go on the road to beat this Wisconsin team. Number 24, Wake Forest is six and a half point favorites over Louisville. Wake has uh, put themselves in the top 25. They have had a very good start to their season. Sam Hartman throwing the ball better than, uh, just as good if not better than anybody in the country. Then you have a huge game at South Bend. Number seven, Cincinnati. Number nine, Notre Dame with Cincinnati as a two and a half point favorite. Last weekend, or this past weekend, after the Notre Dame game, well I guess it was maybe during the Notre Dame game, I came here in studio, I did a guest appearance, and the, the question was going to be about Notre Dame moving forward. And before they could even finish the question, I said, they're going to lose to Cincinnati. And I said, take Cincinnati as, as the underdog, because they're going to win outright. Well, Cincinnati opened up as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So I, I, I was completely on the wrong side of that line. You know, I thought that maybe people were, the, the line would open with Notre Dame, and maybe the line could flip. Maybe uh, there's going to be some public money coming in on the Irish as a two-point underdog that maybe come kickoff, this thing goes down to a pick 'em. But I like Cincinnati. I think they're a great football team. And I think Luke Fickle is a tremendous football coach. Could very well find himself coaching at USC next year. But they got a real chance here. Desmond Ritter, a legit Heisman Trophy candidate. This is is Cincinnati's chance. The best chance that they have had to crack the college football playoff conversation. And I still, part of me doesn't think it's possible. Because I don't think it's ever going to be possible for a team that is a non-Power 5 program to get themselves into the college football playoff. But people view Cincinnati differently now. They're headed to the Big 12. So, you have to treat them as a Power 5 school. And with a win last week for them, which was big, you know, getting the win against uh, Indiana, and then now having an opportunity off a week off to take on Notre Dame on the road, it would be a huge resume-building game for them. I think they understand the magnitude of this game. Uh, number 16, Coastal Carolina, 34.5-point favorites over UAL, Monroe. Number one, Alabama, 14.5-point favorites over number 12, Ole Miss. Ole Miss has covered every game they've played so far this season by a 12-point margin. Uh, I like Ole Miss to keep this one close because I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be one of these back-and-forth games where uh, it could be up where it can be into the 70s and it's going to be the team that has the football last that's going to win this game. At number three, Oregon is an eight-point favorite on the road at Stanford. Number six, Oklahoma goes to Kansas State. They're laying 10.5. Oklahoma has not done a good job of covering the number so far this season. Number 11, Ohio State goes on the road to Rutgers. Rutgers has covered every game they've played this season. They were 20-point dogs to Michigan. They only lost by seven. Number 10, Florida goes to Kentucky, laying 8.5. I like Kentucky in that spot. Number 23, NC State, 19.5-point favorites over Louisiana Tech. Number 15, Texas A&M, seven-point favorites over Mississippi State. Kind of like Mississippi State in that spot. And then a top 25 matchup in the Big 12. Number 21, Baylor. Number 19, Oklahoma State. OK State is three and a half point favorites. I already mentioned the uh, Boston College game that I like. And uh, Penn State, ten and a half over Indiana. Could be a good spot to buy low on Indiana. We'll see. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Follow along on Twitter at scottsonair. Let's take a look at some Major League Baseball coming up next right here on The Look Ahead on v the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on v the Sports Betting Network. Football season, your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VSIN.com data and analysis. You get everything VSIN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at Veasan.com/slash subscribe. Scott Zadenberg here with you. The look ahead on VEASAN, the sports betting network. As we look ahead to the rest of the Major League Baseball season, six days left in the regular season, and there are still playoff positions to fight for. In terms of the division races, there are only two that are active both in the National League. The Phillies are two and a half games back of the Atlanta Braves, and those two teams begin a three-game set starting here on Tuesday. The Giants are two games up on the Dodgers. The Giants begin a three-game set with the Diamondbacks. The Dodgers begin a three-game set with the Padres. Now let's look at the wild cards. In the American League, the Yankees, fresh off a sweep of the Red Sox, are now in possession of the first wild card. They are one game up on Boston, for that first wild card, Toronto is one game back of Boston for the second wild card. The Mariners are one and a half games back of the Red Sox for that second wild card. The Yankees and Blue Jays will begin a three game set here on Tuesday. The Red Sox begin a three game set with the Orioles, and the Mariners will continue their series. With the Oakland Athletics, the A's are three and a half games back of the Red Sox for that second wild card. I don't know how this is going to end. I have a feeling that it's going to come down to the Yankees and the Red Sox as the first two wild card teams. Yankees have won six straight games. Red Sox, seven and three in their last ten, the three losses were against the Yankees. The Red Sox have three games against the Orioles and then three games against the Nationals. They should, at worst, go 5-1 in those games. So I don't see the Red Sox losing any ground. Now, the Yankees play the Blue Jays for three games, and it gets very dicey with those three games. But if the Yankees can play to form, and if they can win two of three from Toronto, they'll be in good shape. They play Tampa for the final 3 games of the season, and I don't think Tampa's going to want to really, you know, play hard in that series cuz they got to get ready for a divisional series against the same opponent. It could be the Yankees. Or maybe Tampa wants to win those games, knock the Yankees out of the playoffs, but then if they're doing so and utilizing their best pitchers, well then their pitchers aren't going to be ready and rested for the Divisional Series, which will begin just a couple days after the regular season. So it's certainly going to be an interesting time for manager uh, Kevin Cash to decide what he wants to do in those final three games against the New York Yankees. The Yankee-Blue Jays series coming up here on Tuesday, that is going to be an absolute wild series to determine the way that this is going to play out. Uh, I have put together an interesting little parlay for this slate here on Tuesday. Uh, and I'm going all run lines, four run lines. Three of them are underdogs, meaning they're getting plus a run and a half. So it's heavy juice at the plus a run and a half. But I think all three teams that I've selected here at plus a run and a half all have very good chances to win their ball games because the money lines are extremely low. You can get these available right now. Right now, these are the lines. Uh, I'm looking at DraftKings. You can look elsewhere, but these are available, and they might not be available by the time we get closer to first pitch. So you want to lock these in now. Boston Red Sox minus a run and a half against the Orioles. Chris Sale is on the hill against Bruce Zimmerman. Red Sox need a win coming off the three game series sweep at the hands of the Yankees. They need a win desperately to try to stay in control of their wild card positioning. They're minus 265 on the money line, but only minus 155 on the run line. Then I'm taking the New York Yankees, winners of six straight ball games with Jameson Tyone on the hill against Hunjin Ryu. The Yankees at plus a run and a half is minus 180. I think either way this game goes, it's going to be a a tight, highly contested game with a playoff atmosphere in Toronto. So I feel that if the Yankees win or the Blue Jays win, it's not going to be by more than one run. So I like the Yankees at plus a run and a half. And then same thing with the Phillies and the Braves. I'm going to go with the Phillies at plus a run and a half. It's Zach Wheeler, their ace on the hill against Charlie Morton. I think same thing. This is going to be a playoff atmosphere in Atlanta. And I don't see either team winning by more than one run. So I'm going to go with the Phillies at plus a run and a half. And then the St. Louis Cardinals with Adam Wainwright on the hill against the Brewers and Brandon Woodruff. The Cardinals are plus a run and a half at minus 165. St. Louis comes into this game winners of 16 straight. They need one more win to lock up the wild card. They're five and a half games up on the Cincinnati Reds here. Only six days left in the regular season. A win would lock themselves into the wild card. I get the hottest team in baseball at plus a run and a half. Even if they do lose, hopefully they keep it within uh, a run. And that four-team parlay would pay out. Oh, it's now uh, that market has closed with the Cardinals. I wonder because it's probably off the board. No, here we go. That, mark, that parlay would pay out plus 5.16. Again, Yankees plus a run and a half. Phillies plus a run and a half. Cardinals plus a run and a half. Red Sox minus a run and a half. Plus 5.16 on that parlay. We ended last week on a flurry. We lost our parlay going into Monday. But going into Tuesday, going into Wednesday, going into Thursday, going into Friday, we hit our baseball picks. So I guess we're on four straight baseball winners, you could say, uh, for the show. Um, And then I believe we were giving out, yeah, we hit the other one that we gave out going into this one, which was the uh, last night, which was the Mariners backing Chris Flexen. And the Mariners won against the A's. So I guess that means we're on five straight baseball winners here on the look ahead. So let's make it six and let's have a big day. With this four-team parlay, Yankees plus a a 1.5, Red Sox minus a a 1.5, Phillies plus a a 1.5, Cardinals plus a a 1.5. Is this me being greedy? Yeah, probably. But you know what? A little bit of a sprinkle, plus 5.16, it's going to be nice. It's going to be nice when it hits. Let's have some fun with it, shall we? Uh, Now, as far as the Major League Baseball uh, futures are concerned, The Dodgers are still your favorite to win the World Series at plus 340. Which is crazy because they could get knocked out in the wild card game. They're two games back now. There's only six games left. It's only going to take a couple of wins by the, the Giants to lock this thing up. So I don't know how confident I would be. Yes, the Dodgers are great. And I would take them in a series against anybody. But... They might be in the wild card game and have to play against those Cardinals who are the hottest team in baseball, and they could lose that game. The Giants, meanwhile, have the Diamondbacks coming up, and that's another series where, I mean, that you want to talk about taking a run line. Let's look at that run line right now. Where's the Giants? Giants are minus. (laughs) How could I not take this? Okay, so we have that little money line parlay. You want to throw another team in there? Giants minus a run and a half at home against the Diamondbacks. Logan Webb against Luke Weaver. If you want to make that a five-teamer, plus 1,009. Now we're really having fun. Anywho, the Giants, to me, would be the better pick to win the World Series. They're at plus 850 now to win the World Series. I honestly like that a lot because I think that they have the inside track here to win the division. It's just going to take a couple of wins here against the Diamondbacks. And if they sweep the Diamondbacks, that might be good enough. Because if the Dodgers don't sweep... Well, they're going to be three games back with three left to play. It's, it's going to be tough for them. So I think the Giants have the inside track to win that division right now. They're minus 425 to win the division. So let's, let's just look at these odds here for a second. And let's try and dissect what they're telling us. If they are minus 425 to win the division, but yet the Dodgers are plus 180 to win the national league and they're plus 330 no no no, no, no. i'll take the team that's not playing in the wild card game and that's going to be the san francisco giants i'll take them at plus 330 to win the national league as opposed to the dodgers at plus 180 and yeah i put them in that little five-teamer so let's have fun plus 1009 it's gonna be cool it's gonna be great when we hit it right i'm scott seidenberg (laughs) we're having fun here aren't we it's the look ahead here on visa and the sports betting network we'll get back into football coming up next
2: Mo'Play. play
3: This is The Look Ahead on v the Sports Betting Network. I'm Scott Seidenberg back here. The Look Ahead on v Sin the Sports Betting Network, as week three of the NFL season is in the books, and we can look ahead to week four. A couple of major headlines in the NFL as we progress into week four Uh, the New York Giants say that they're going to stick with Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator and the rest of the staff is going to stay consistent and their strategy is going to stay consistent no shakeups, according to head coach Joe Judge as they prepare to go to New Orleans and battle the Saints Uh, let's see what the Giants say after this game because I think it's going to get real ugly for them down in the Superdome I really do Uh, this is a bad Giants football team and it's just a bad spot for anybody. I mean, I would bet against anybody going into this game against the Saints as they return home for the first time this season, but especially you have just a putrid Giants team. So yeah, that's a storyline that they're not going to change anything right now, but I'm telling you, after this season, there's going to be changes in New York. Uh, The big story in Chicago, Matt Nagy saying, all three quarterbacks are under consideration to start for them coming up this Sunday against the Lions. That would be Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, and yes, Nick Foles. Dalton currently dealing with a left knee bruise. Justin Fields actually suffered an injury to his right throwing hand. He underwent x-rays after the game, said he felt fine, but Nagy did not commit to a starter for the Lions game. Here's the quote from Matt Nagy. All three are under consideration right now in regards to where they're at, so we'll just kind of have to see in the next couple of days where they're all at. We know where Nick's at health-wise, but we just want to keep an eye on Justin and Andy. Then, for us to stay on that and make sure that we have a plan for any of those, end quote. He didn't have a plan for anybody (laughs) on Sunday against the Browns. Justin Fields was terrible. The Bears had 47 yards of offense. They had one net Passing yard. Six first downs. They went one of 11 on third down, and they averaged 1.1 yards per offense. Honestly, how do you bet this team is a favorite? How does the book open up this team as a favorite against the Lions? This is just just crazy to me. Uh, And then there's a big game Sunday night in New England, and that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Patriots. Tom Brady coming back to Gillette Stadium. And he talked with uh, Jim Gray on SiriusXM about this game coming up. Quote, I know that locker room. I know that home locker room. I know that home tunnel. I know which way the wind blows. I know everything about that place. I know the way it smells. I know what a night game's like. I know what the fans are gonna sound like. So in some ways, that'll be really unique. I've never had that experience going in, you know? It'll be the first time for me being on the other sideline. I'm not going to necessarily reminisce. I don't think this is the moment for that. I'll have plenty of opportunities to reminisce about my football career, none of it, none of which I really care to do right now because I'm so much in the moment. I'm not going to be thinking about 20 years of history. I'm going to be thinking about one night of football, a Sunday night game, coming off a really tough loss. This, to me, is another situational spot. You have Tom Brady and this Tampa Bay Bucs team coming off a loss. Going now to Foxborough to face a Patriots team, yes, coming off a loss, but a Patriots team led by a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones, a lot of players that Tom Brady is familiar with, players that Tom Brady has been going up against in practice for quite some time, and a defensive scheme from Bill Belichick that Tom Brady probably knows like the back of his hand. I don't think there's any type of coverage that's going to be able to be disguised for the Patriots against Tom Brady. First of all, there's not many coverages that you could disguise against Brady to begin with, because throughout the, the entirety of his career, he's seen everything. He's reacted to everything. And he's been the best at doing it. So I don't think there's anything that New England will try and throw at him that he hasn't seen or he doesn't have an answer for. The, pay, uh, the Bucks are a little, about a little less than a touchdown favorite in this game on Sunday night. It's at 6.5. And, and normally I wouldn't, you know, say... That, that, that six and a half on the road is smart, but in this case, I, I just can't see the Bucs losing this football game. Tom Brady and the Bucs losing two straight games? Don't see it. Really don't. This is a game that they should win. They're better than the Patriots, and I would think that this Bucks team would fight for Tom Brady in this one, knowing that it means probably a little bit more to him. And that stadium, they're going to be cheering for the Bucs. As crazy as that sounds, they're going to be cheering for Brady. When he throws a touchdown or when he does something, that crowd's going to cheer for him. So it's an atmosphere that it's going to be special to him. The story is all going to be about him. And the night is going to be about him. And NBC can do whatever they can to make it about you know, Belichick versus Brady, Mac Jones versus Brady, but no. This night's all going to be about Tom Brady returning to Foxborough in front of those fans for the first time, and him winning this football game. The Bucs, to me, uh, I like him even covering this line, but you want to tease him down, great teaser candidate. We talk about it. There's a lot of teaser candidates on this on this board. A lot but I would, very, very be, I would be very shocked if the Buccaneers lost this game to the Patriots. I really would. I know it could be enticing to take the Pats as a home dog in this spot, but I don't see the Bucks losing this football game. I think it means more to Tom Brady. And coming off the loss against the Rams, this is a game that they have to have. That they have to have. So those are your biggest stories in the uh, NFL right now going into week four and a couple of spots that really intrigue me on this schedule for week four uh i'm very intrigued by obviously that game that we just talked about tom brady going you know back to to foxborough intrigued by that i'm very intrigued by the monday night game the raiders and the chargers how good really are the raiders and I think we'll find out on Monday night just how good they are. Because the Chargers, to me, are a really good football team. And I think to a lot of people, a really good football team. Justin Herbert, absolutely fantastic. The defense, fantastic. Uh, this is a team that should be 3-0. and That game against the Cowboys, the officiating was ridiculous. I've talked about it at nauseum. It cost them the game, but they very well could be 3-0. and And then the Raiders huge, impressive win against the Ravens in Week 1. And then to go on the road and beat the Steelers, at the time I felt was impressive. But now after seeing what the Steelers are for the past couple of weeks, they're not a good football team right now. Offensively, they just aren't doing anything. So maybe I have to knock the luster off that win a little bit for the Raiders. And then against the Dolphins with Jacoby Brissett starting, uh, they, they fought hard, they played well, and the Raiders coming from behind to win that game showed a lot of grit. So I'm very curious to see exactly what this Raiders team is made of going on the road facing uh, a tough Chargers opponent. They get to go back to a familiar role, which is being underdogs, and uh, that's a, a role that they uh, have done really well at so far this season, going 2-0 as an underdog to start the season, and then uh, not covering as a favorite. Uh, the other game that, uh, that jumps out to me that I'm you know kind of intrigued by and in, in, in seeing where uh, this team is is the Dallas Cowboys against the Carolina Panthers. Panthers dealing with the injuries. Yes, no Christian McCaffrey, no J.C. Horn, but this Cowboys team looked really good on Monday Night Football, and it's a similar thing. Like, just how good are they? Are they the best team in the worst division? Or are they a legitimate contending football team this year that should be taken seriously? With Dak Prescott now healthy, he is certainly the frontrunner for the Comeback Player of the Year award, especially now that McCaffrey got hurt, because McCaffrey would be the other one to be the Comeback Player of the Year. But just how good is this Dallas Cowboys team? I think going up against that Panthers defense, we'll learn a little bit more about this Cowboys team. So... That, those, those two, to me, are the most intriguing right now in terms of uh, wanting to know a little bit more about who these teams are. Who shows us more in those games? I think we'll go a long way into t- determining how we view them as the season progresses. Look, we made a lot of overreactions after week one. And uh, I think you, obviously, you used to have to split the season up into quarters. 4444 now it's 17 weeks it's a little different but after four weeks you kind of know who you are and that's what's up for grabs here coming up this weekend in week four i'm scott seidenberg we continue to look at week four in the nfl coming up next it's the look ahead with me scott seidenberg here on visa the sports betting network The day we opened the Mirage, I mean, it was like, wow. It was the first time I've ever been associated with 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 time I've ever been associated.
2: Zumo. Zumo Play.